on today's show, I'm talking about the Rangers coming and going at the deadline, doing absolutely nothing on deadline day, why I'm angry, why it makes sense, and also mourning the loss of baseball's grandfather, Vin Scully. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I am Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Wednesday. August 3rd, your Rangers are 46 and 57. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. But the best way you can help grow the show is subscribe on YouTube and comment anything below. Before we get into today's episode, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. And you know, I want to address the, the intro. I say I've been a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010. Before that, I was still a casual fan. And I had somebody in the comments sounding off this saying that um, I needed... A partner. A lot of people say that, and they also. I also need to, you know, know the entire discography, if you will, of Texas Rangers games. That uh, not knowing who the starting lineup was in a random 1987 loss to the Orioles or something is going to make me a worse podcaster. Um, no, and also not that I'm Vince Scully or anywhere near Vince Scully, but Vince Scully did it with one person in the booth, and so I would like to emulate him at about one billionth a percentile of the quality. Now, let's get into this trade deadline. What do the Rangers do on trade deadline day? The actual day. They did trade Matt Bush on Monday, but on trade deadline day, here's what they did. Silence. Because they did nothing. They did not trade Matt Moore. Why did they not trade Matt Moore? I literally have no idea. I know, I know, I know that rental pieces get small returns at the deadline. I know the Rangers didn't have, they aren't bottom of the barrel, Nationals level bad. They didn't have a Juan Soto level piece to trade and a Juan Soto level return from A.J. Preller. But you're telling me A.J. Preller, the guy who did, I don't know, 187 trades in the weekend, you couldn't convince him, call him up, be like, hey, you need one more reliever? I know you do. And get something from him? Like, there's no reason. This team is not competitive this year. They have been competitive in games, but they're not going to be in the playoffs. And you know what? That's fine. I didn't expect them to be. They're better than they were last year, and that's lovely. But Matt Moore is a free agent at the end of the season. He is having a career aberration of a year. He's been fantastic. And there was definitely some value there to be had. Everyone can always use an extra left-handed reliever if you're a contender, especially one that misses bats, especially one that goes multiple innings. I don't have any idea how they can look at... I don't know what the returns are, so I can't say, oh, well, you know, they're only getting crappy offers, so they can turn that down. But John Daniels comes out afterwards and says, you know, we didn't trade either him or Martin Perez, which 
that's one I say yes. There's more. There's more sense in that, and I agree. And I wanted that to be the case from the start that they didn't trade Martin Perez. But Matt Moore is a different case. He's a 33 year old reliever having a career year. Why? Why on earth would you not trade him? But we'll get into that a little bit more later on in the show. Let's talk about this stupid eight to two loss where the Rangers yet again got mollywopped by the bottom part of the lineup of a team where Rudnan freaking Odor is hitting sixth. Rudnan Odor, sixth best bat in this lineup. And the Rangers get beat by the number eight and nine hitters. Those two um, in Vavra and Ruben Mateo combined to go three for four with three walks and two home runs. The two home runs were provided by Ruben Mateo, a guy with an OPS um, under 700 and a slugging percentage under 400 of course has a multi-home run game because spencer howard gives up a lot of home runs and i think the spencer howard experiment is over four uh, four innings six runs all of those were earned two walks um a home run and um oh excuse me both those home runs were not off of spencer howard the last one was off of dennis santana dennis santana because you know of course of course, there were some good moments to this. Mambrius Valoria had a three-hit night, had a home run and a double. And, of course, Jordan Lyles, the home run machine last year, giving up uh, 18,000 conservatively home runs last year as a member of the Rangers, just decided he wasn't going to give them up in this game. Cool. Great timing. Super cool of you. I am genuinely happy for the guy because apparently he is beloved by Orioles fans on the Orioles staff. He did provide a lot of value to a bad Rangers team last year. And this year, the entire starting pitching rotation is referring to Jordan Lyles as dad. And that is just the sweetest thing. And it still pisses me off watching this game where he dominated the Rangers, but it pisses me off less. Hearing from Connor Newcomb, host of Locked on Orioles, how much they love and appreciate him there. Good for him. Three-hit game for Mavis Valoria. Multi-hit game from Nathaniel Lowe. Multi-hit game for Marcus Simeon at shortstop. Seager again DHing in this one because he is not quite fully recovered from that leg injury. Josh Spores had a multi-inning outing after being called back up when John Gray was placed on the 15-day IL with a left oblique strain. That is the left side discomfort he left yesterday's, Monday's game, whatever day it was game, um, and he will be on the 15-day IL. Spores and Hearn were both recalled. Both will be, obviously, in a relief role. Multi-inning outings for both of these guys, and neither of them allowed a single run. They only allowed uh, two base runners, um, each or excuse me one base runner each one hit by josh spores and one walk by taylor hearn hearn had one strikeout spores had two strikeouts goody goody yay for them dennis santana another not great outing two hits a walk a pair of runs i believe both on the home run by or uh, by mateo jorge mateo not ruben mateo ruben mateo is a different person um but, no, yeah, allowing a pair of home runs to the number nine hitter is not great. Cedric Mullins, again, had a multi-hit day. Adley Rutschman, again, second straight game against Rangers, a multi-double day. That guy is a doubles machine, a hitting machine in an OPS of 789, exactly equal to Corey Seager. And, you know, he might be he might be <laughs> knocking Jonah Heim out of the all-star voting next year when Jonah Heim repeats exactly what he does uh, next year. Um, and he will also be competing with um, with the Rangers catcher 
everyday starting catcher, hopefully next year when he is healthy, that is Mitch Garver. But another frustrating loss to the Orioles. The Rangers have lost all five games to the Orioles this season, and they have won as I am about to... As this is coming out, this is right about when first pitch is going to be. So maybe the Rangers won't get swept for the entire season by the Orioles, but I doubt it because they are playing like pretty terrible, genuinely terrible baseball. Coming up, we're going to look a little bit more at what the Rangers should have done this trade deadline, the explanation that John Daniels and company gave about why they didn't do anything at the trade deadline, and a little bit about... Vin Scully, of course. But first, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find joy as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They've got all kinds of great online tools that can help you find the shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. If you're looking for jewelry but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, what did John Daniels have to say to rationalize himself about whether they bought or didn't bought or sold or what have you at the trade deadline? This is a quote about him from him after the trade deadline saying what they were trying to pursue, whether it was uh, Juan Soto or Luis Castillo. Quote, there certainly were a couple of targets that we pursued pretty heavily in really key areas of need, primarily starting pitching, but there were a couple other individuals that we really pursued. Really, it just came down to the bid and the ask. You know going in when you're trying to compete uh, to win a competitive bid, it's going to get uncomfortable, and you have to be in that range to even have a shot. We were well beyond that point with a couple of specific guys, and ultimately, we decided not to take the next step. End quote. Now, I think on Juan, on these two guys specifically, Juan Soto and Luis Castillo, I think that's fair. I think the Rangers were not going to match the offer that the San Diego Padres and A.J. Prello, the trading deadline madman trade machine, were going to offer. That's fine. That was a historical a bunch of guys that are either were or are top 10 prospects in all of baseball and just a lot, lot, lot of future value to go and get Juan Soto and Josh Bell, by the way, pretty, pretty darn wild that he ended up being a throw in and he is an all-star caliber player. They also got rid of Hosmer for basically nothing and upgraded Eric Hosmer to Josh Bell and in right field they upgraded Nomar Mazzara to Juan Soto that is a pretty darn big upgrade as much as I love Maz and his numbers have been solid this season they are nowhere near Juan freaking Soto nor are pretty much anybody else playing in right field but I really thought that on a couple of other key guys the Rangers could have gotten involved I thought the Frankie Montas deal the Rangers could have been in that range it might have cost a little bit more than what the Yankees paid because it's a divisional rival but like why the A's why would the A's care why would they care they're not going to be competitive during that window anyway 
it's this season and next season he's under contract, and we we sure as shoot know that the A's are not going to be competitive this year, and it's not like they're going to spend in free agency next year to be competitive. No, no, they're just not going to be. So the Rangers should have been closer in on the deal, and Tyler Malley was dealt to the Twins, a guy who has another year under control on his contract. You know, I didn't like him at first. I obviously thought he is worse than Luis Castillo. But looking back, that guy's got some pretty good value. He's going to be about a two-war player pretty much every single year. And the Brewers gave up what I believe is their number 5, 7, and 15 prospects. And the Rangers system is deeper and better than the Twins system. It just is. The Rangers have one of the deepest systems in all of baseball, if not the deepest. I mean, the Padres... Well, three years ago, you could probably say that, but now they've made 1,800 different trades and ended up with Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto on the same freaking baseball team, along with Hugh Darvish and Blake freaking Snell. So, uh, yeah, they have definitely eaten into the depth of that system. The Rangers, even though they don't have any guys in the top 10 overall prospects, like they have a crap ton of top 100 guys consistently on pretty much every single list. And I think they really could have fielded a competitive offer to go get Tyler Malley or Frankie Montas. And there's definitely a need there. And I know he's only on the 15 day IL, but I'm a little worried that that stint will turn into a little bit longer than 15 days for John Gray, the Rangers rotation, as we saw with Spencer Howard start today, coming off his best career start on his birthday has just not had it this year. He has a 682 ERA in nine games. Seven of those are starts. I think the other two were just him with an opener. 34 and a third innings, only 29 strikeouts, 14 walks, 11 home runs. That is 2.9 home runs per nine innings. And, well, only 3.7 walks per nine, which is better than Glenn Otto and better than Taylor Hearn did in the rotation this year. But Otto has not been great either in 15 starts, 72 innings. He has a 550 ERA. That's not good enough. That's not going to do it. And he only has 7.1 strikeouts per nine innings. And he's not really a big ground ball guy. Like, if you're going to be a big ground ball, weak contact guy like Martin Perez, sure, that's fine. You can have that low of a strikeout rate. But when you're not inducing that weak contact, you're just getting a bunch of fly ball outs and hoping that they don't go over the fence. That's not good enough. The Rangers need some help, and I think they've got to start thinking about calling up some of these guys in AAA. Not necessarily Cole Wynn, but there are a couple other guys that I think should be seeing some time at the big leagues after the trade deadline. The main one, I think, and I think we're going to see him very soon, is Cole Reagans. I think that he is ready. He had a a rough a rough couple of starts um, in AAA this year. He had one in Vegas, which again, it's in Vegas, and in case you don't know, the air there is like crazy thin. It's basically like playing at Coors, and a lot of balls, a lot of balls leave the yard. He went three and two thirds innings and allowed seven runs, ten hits in that start. Did not get through the fourth inning. Then the next start did not get through the fifth inning and allowed three runs. Two of those were earned, but outside of those two, he's been really, really darn good. 
in AAA's first start was against the Sugarland Space Cowboys, which begrudgingly I have to give them is a very good name, even though it is an Astros organization. But he went seven innings and only allowed two runs. Both of those were earned and struck out eight in that first AAA start. The guy has been nasty. He's been consistent. He has battled through so many things. The former first-round pick who had t- two Tommy John surgeries in back-to-back um, that basically as close as you can have Tommy John surgeries right when he was ready to come back from the last one he came up in this one he's 24 years old I think he's ready the changeup we all know is fantastic the fastball is good the command is improving and that slider is becoming a real weapon as his third pitch he's also got that curveball that he will drop in occasionally but he has been really solid this year and I really really like what I've seen from him Um, And I I really think it's about time to see him at the major league level. I didn't want the Rangers to press necessarily and try and force him to the big leagues before he was ready. But I think at this point you have to say that he is ready. He has been the most consistent pitching prospect for the Rangers this year in the minor leagues. I think between him and Owen White, I would say both of those guys have had really darn good years. But I think it's time for Cole Reagans to jump into this starting rotation if not for, uh, and if not bounce one of those other guys once John Gray comes back, because there's not a whole lot of other options. They've pretty much given up, given the boot, the kibosh on, uh, on Taylor Hearn being in the starting rotation, and I think that is the right call because when he is in that multi-inning reliever role, that guy has got some really really nasty stuff and allows it to play to its full potential. Coming up, we'll look a little bit at what the Rangers. Um, what else is going to look different for the Rangers? Which other AAA guys Rangers should call up? And a little bit about the Rangers' own baseball grandfathers, as well as remembering Vince Scully. The first episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and whatever is happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, let's look at a couple other guys who I think should be about ready to jump into the Texas Rangers Big League Club. There's one guy in particular who has been absolutely killing it so far this year in AAA. He has been walking more consistently. He's always played that great, great level of outfield defense. Got an 823 OPS in 79 games this year. That's right. It is the one, the only Bubba Thompson. Now, I... I really love Bubba Thompson. I really like this guy. He is a former first-round pick, 26th overall in the 2017 draft, a guy who has has had his struggles, who is kind of the last in the era of, let's pick the toolsy, southeastern high school um, athlete who is really fast and really strong and can't quite hit, but we'll teach him how to hit, and that'll be fine. Well, he's kind of the last in that model where the Rangers did that for what felt like five to ten to many, many years more than they should have. And most of them have not worked out. I mean, Lewis Brinson made the big leagues, but he is struggling to stay in the big leagues and hadn't made all that big of an impact 
when he was there. And there are plenty of other names on that list that did not make the big leagues. But I, I, I do think Bubba Thompson will. This year, he has improved his game quite a bit. He's hitting 302 with a 354 on base and slugging 469, which is pretty darn nice, if you ask me. 13 home runs for him this year, 12 doubles and 3 triples. The guy is lightning fast and absolutely monstrous on the base pass. He's got 48 stolen bases to just three caught stealing this year in 370 plate appearances or 79 games, if you will. He's 24 years old. He's still a lot younger than the average AAA player. I think it's just about time. I don't know if it's going to be right around now, but it won't It won't be long because this guy has done what the range have asked of him. He had some difficulty with picking up breaking stuff, picking up recognizing spin um, out of coming out of hand, and that had led to some problems in his, bat, his at-bats and his approach. Um, obviously, offensively, if you can't see breaking stuff and recognize it very quickly, it's going to be a tough, tough time for you. But he made some really big adjustments in Frisco last year, and I just, you saw through the year him getting better and better and better, and that's what you ask of these guys. He's still got some really, really high potential, I don't necessarily think that he is an everyday big leaguer, but with the progress he's made and his loud, loud tools, I don't know. It's not impossible, but I do think he is a big leaguer and will have a, I don't know, decently long big league career because if you are a bench player, you want to have some loud tools to make an impact on the game. He is fast as all heck. He can defend pretty darn well. He's got a decent arm, and that raw power is really, really loud and is playing more and more in games throughout the last couple of years. And outside of that, there's not a whole lot of other guys. I think Yeri Rodriguez is probably going to be the next guy up if Josh Spores gets sent down. Yeri Rodriguez is a guy who has just transferred into the bullpen this year, 24 years old, has had some rough outings, a rough start to the year um, this year, but... As the year has progressed, he has gotten much, much better in the month of, let's see, where'd we go? As a reliever, yeah, he only had one start this year. He has pitched once in August, um, and again, struggle with the walks. That's been a little bit of a problem for him this year, but lately has been improving, been much better about that um, in the last, I don't know, few weeks or so. But it still might be a little bit before he comes up. If the Rangers do call up a reliever from AAA, I think he and the Viper, Chase Lee, are probably going to be the best bets for that. But the biggest news, despite a Juan Soto trade, despite every other trade that happened yesterday, is Vin Scully passing away. He is the best baseball broadcaster, the best sportscaster, an all-around just genuinely great human being that baseball has ever known. And one of the great joys of being a night owl with an MLB TV subscription is that I got to stay up late and watch a crap ton of Vince Scully games. Pretty much every single Clayton Kershaw start that I could get to with Vince Scully on the broadcast was must-watch TV. You're watching an all-time great call, an all-time great, and it was just an absolutely astounding, astounding combination. The way he would be able to capture exactly what baseball is, live in the moment, not talk too much, not talk too little, and still make every single person feel like you're his friend. You're just his friend Scully, who knows a lot about uh, baseball, you know? And that is just an incredible 
incredible ability that he did to make to make every single person feel welcome every single broadcast whether you're a person who listened every single day whether you were his own family whether you're just a stranger who happened to turn on a game because you were bored you couldn't sleep that night or whatever he made every single person feel special go listen to his the outro on his final broadcast as a dodgers tv member it is it will bring tears to your eyes. I tweeted out a clip of him calling the first of Adrian Beltre's 3,100 plus hits. I think 3,167 was the final number, but uh, that's pretty special for Adrian to have that be the person on the call for your first major league hit. Pretty darn special. And the way that he would embrace the silliness and ridiculousness of baseball, the way he could lay down a good burn, the way that he could just sit back and on some of his most iconic calls or when he didn't say anything he just let the crowd do the talking and as a podcaster i really respect that but there's no crowd in the background of my apartment so unfortunately i have to not shut up unlike vin scully i mean those are what the best baseball broadcasters are though they feel like they're a part of your family they're in your living rooms all the time whether they're on the radio or they're on tv or they're on both or they're on a transistor radio and you're in the 1960s like that's just what the best baseball broadcasters in the business do and that's what i gotta commend i gotta commend dave old dave Raymond, rangers tv play-by-play guy on doing that obviously he's not vince scully no one is. Literally no one will ever come close. And you know what? That's fine. But one of the things that Vince Scully always said is that he always needed us more than he needed him. And, you know, I respect that he believed that, but I think that's really not true. It's been... I've watched a whole lot fewer random Dodgers games at night with him not on the broadcast, even when Clayton Kershaw is on the hill, the old Dallas, Texas boy. But he really made you feel special. And that's one of the things that I got to respect that, uh, you know, Tom Grieve, the storytelling... Both those guys with their insane history. Tom Grieve is the Rangers equivalent of Vince Scully. Now, he's not Vince Scully, but he has that insane Rolodex of like every single thing that's happened on this team in the last 50 years. He has been there, he has been a part of it, whether he was as a player or he was, uh, you know, as a GM or he was in the TV booth. Tom Grieve has seen it all, and this is his last season with the Rangers, and it makes me cherish every single Tom Anthony Grieve, or whatever his middle name is, I think it's Anthony, Um, every single tag broadcast, every single cookie reference, every single happy birthday to a random old fan out there, that much more. When I first started watching every single game, that was Steve Busby and tag every single day, and man, there was such a special combination that you just were there. They were the soundtrack of your summer, and, and so is Eric Nadell, a, another Frick Award winner. If you don't know what the Frick Award is, it is basically the award that they give to broadcasters when they have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. And the most amazing, one of the most amazing things about Vince Scully, of the many amazing things about him, is that he broadcasted for more years, 34, that after he won the Frick Award and was inducted into the Hall of Fame than he did before, 33 absolutely insanely delightful career and the fact that he was the exact same man in the booth on tv as he was to anyone that met him is just absolutely amazing to me i've been 
listening to so many Vince Scully calls today, reading every single story about him, and uh, he is really, really one of the greats. Eric Nadell is going to be around for hopefully more than, than just through the end of the season. He keeps playing it by ear, but, I mean, we really need to treasure our baseball grandfathers because they are the history of this game, and this game has so much history. As great as football and basketball and hockey and, well soccer in this country specifically not uh, elsewhere but among those sports baseball is king for history nerds baseball is all about history there are so many freaking games that there is history from like two weeks ago is history there is so much data so many games so many moments to comb through that if you're a history lover or if you're a baseball lover you are a history lover and the vice versa should be true it is just a truly, truly sad moment, losing such a legend of the game. To get to hear him for as many years as we did, whether you're a youngster like me, even at 28, or if you're an older baseball fan, and by older I mean older than the 67 years that he broadcasted baseball, which would have to mean, I think by my math, you'd have to be, if you're 75 years old, then you were three when Vince Scully started calling Dodger games, back when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers, by the way. That's pretty darn special. So there aren't very many of us alive that have, uh, or many of you, I should say. I am not 75 years old, obviously, but go back. I would encourage you to go back and listen to some Vin Scully calls. If you need a good cry, listen to the outro on his final broadcast because the man was an absolute legend, and even though he didn't have that much to do with the Rangers, he had to do with baseball, and baseball lost an absolute treasure and uh he will definitely be very very badly missed by all of us our friend scully thank y'all so much for listening i'll be back tomorrow talk about maybe the rangers not getting swept a little bit of a closer look at what the rangers need to prove after this trade deadline and are the rangers just holding off on making trades for two months and waiting to pursue them in the offseason That'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Rangers. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.